Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, New York Islanders edition. And this time I am joined by our friend Dan Saracini from Lighthouse Hockey. Dan, how are you tonight? I am very good. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, yeah, so we're actually recording this. Normally I do these like a couple of days ahead of time, so sometimes they get a little bit wonky facts-wise, but we're recording this right before the game, so nice. it's going to be excellent. <laughs> I'm not sure who's going to be up early enough to listen to this before the 1 o'clock start on Saturday, but we'll do it in. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. like three or four people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Okay, so let's get right into the questions. Um, the offseason for the Islanders was kind of a mixed bag. Um, you had some really good stuff. Obviously, getting Barry Trotz was a big get for you guys. Um, you guys had a really good draft. You got Oliver Wallstrom and Noah Dobson, both one really good offenseman, one really good defenseman, which is good, obviously, for the future of the team. Um, Robin Lehner looks to have been a good choice and goal for you guys. Um, but then also, um, someone who I have a longstanding hatred for, uh, <laughs> Lou Lamorello, comes in as your new general manager. And he immediately does Lou Lamorello things and brings in uh, Leo Komarov, Matt Martin, signed our pal Val Coppola. Yeah, I can imagine you probably have a few things to say about yeah, Coppola, yeah. For some reason. So um, how did you feel about what your team did in the offseason? Uh, well, I mean, you pretty much nailed it right on the head. It, it was a mixed bag. Um, the good side was that – well. It, let me back up. It was an eventful offseason for the Islanders, to say the least. Uh, and, yeah, it's turned out to be kind of a mixed bag. Um, Barry Trotz is, as you said, he's a, he's an upgrade in every shape, way, shape, and form. He's the first Islanders coach to have NHL experience since Ted Nolan back in 2006. Oh, wow. And he's the first. He's the most decorated Islanders coach, the coach for the Islanders that since Al Arbor, which is even more ridiculous um he's made a lot he brought in and his guys too like uh, lane lambert and mitch corn and then they hired a bunch of other guys too who all who all seem to know what they're doing and you can like notice differences on the ice which is great the problem is that you know it ultimately comes down to who is on the ice and this is still a very very talent deficient team so those guys can only do so much to to you know kind of put lipstick on a pig a little bit and you know try to make what make it work with what they've got uh, which is going to get rough. We've already seen it's eight games in a season, and it's already been pretty rough. They've had some really good games, but then they've had some really bad games too. Um, yeah, Robin Leonard looks pretty good. Um, yeah. I realize that that jinxes him for his start on Saturday, but I'm going to say it anyway. Trust me, he's been pretty good. Uh, he's looked really calm. Uh, he's a great story. He's only signed for the one season, so you know maybe if it works out. And as far as I'm concerned, he's the starting goalie. Like he just looks really good out there. Uh, he's very calm. He never, he doesn't, hasn't let in any bad goals yet. Again, knock on wood. Um, so maybe that, that works out and they find a little bit of a diamond in the rough. Um, as for the other three guys, Philpola, Komarov, and Martin, I call them the Islanders Culture Club because <laughs> they were brought in by Lou Lamorello to change the culture. Um, what that means, nobody knows, uh, but they were brought in because they're winners. And 
I mean, yeah, that's a little. I mean, I I watched Matt Martin his entire career. He hasn't won anything. I love Matt Martin, but he hasn't won anything. Komarov's been a part of some really bad Leafs teams, and Phil Pula's Stanley Cup was a long, long time ago, and he, you know, was on a good Tampa team, and that's about it. So, um, Komarov and Phil Pula have been pretty awful. Um, yeah. Phil Pula's had a couple of really lucky, like sort of scoring games, which is I'm sure you'll find absolutely hilarious when you look at them. He's got like six points in eight games or something. <laughs> it's really thing, when, I was, when I was getting ready, the questions for this, I looked at your, your guys' stats yeah. and I saw that at the time, Phil Polo was second on the team in points. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is weird. I don't know it's what to do. Yeah. It's a, nobody can, nobody makes, can make sense of it. He's had like two or two, three point games or something. It's crazy. Um, but his underlying numbers are absolutely terrible. Komarov's numbers are even worse. Imagine like the worst possession stats you've ever seen and like cut them in half. Like that's how bad they've been. Uh, and so, and the worst part is that Komarov's contract is for four years and Phil yeah. has a no move clause. It's one year, but it has a no move clause, which is something the Islanders have really never given out. I mean, under Garth Snow, the Islanders almost never gave out no movement clauses. So they're kind of stuck with these guys. I mean, you know, they, Lou has a reputation for making players disappear when he wants them to disappear. So no contract is really that big a deal for him, but it's still a little bit like, really, these guys are here? Matt Martin, I give a pass to. Um, his line with Cal Clutterbuck and Casey Sezikis has been reunited, and they look as good as they used to so far. They've been really effective and very good at I mean, what they do. Uh, and Matt Martin is just the most likable guy. Yeah, he's easily the second most popular Islander of the last era uh among the fan base they i mean like a lot like like a lot of flyers fans islanders fans appreciate guys who hit hard and fight maybe kick in a goal every once in a while so and he loves long island his his fiance is sydney esiason who's from the island and kind of you know she's a local celebrity herself so the two of them just love long island he loves it here and you know i know i know what his reputation is as a player but it feels good having him back i just like the guy so him him i'm okay with the other two guys maybe not so much yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, of the three, Matt Martin is is obviously the best one. And yeah. even, like, even with the Leafs, like, I feel like if you're using him properly as a fourth liner, he's he's a, a solid fourth liner. But yeah. he's been overused in Toronto and stuff like that. I think that kind of brought him down a little bit reputation-wise. Well, but... He was overused by Jack Capuano here. Uh, and yeah. so Barry Trotz, is, he's gotten a lot of use out of those guys by by cutting down their ice time, <laughs> which is kind of a funny thing to say. But they've only had one game where they were like on for a really long time. But other than that, they've played much less than they did under Capuano. And again, they've been very effective um, for what they are. You know, they create havoc in the offensive zone and cycle and cycle and cycle. They don't score very often, but hey, what are you going to do? But again, I, I'm okay with Martin being here. As soon as he signed with the Leafs, people are like, oh, he's going to go back to the Islanders at some point. So <laughs> I can't say I'm surprised he's here, uh, but he's okay. The other guys, though, I... I don't know. They're, we're never going to be okay with them. But they are. They're here. So what are we going to do? So one of the things that's been, um, I think, making Flyers fans insane to start the season so far <laughs> is the fact that our young stud defenseman Ivan Provorov has been less than stellar through these first ten games, and it seems like you guys are having a similar problem with Nick Letty, um, who is obviously a very important piece of your lineup. Um, what do you think is going on with him? It's a good question. And my friend Carrie Haber just wrote a really nice piece for Lighthouse Hockey about this exact question. And I, I even he doesn't have an answer. Um, Letty is he's kind of been on a downward trajectory since about the middle of last season. Up until about I would say late November, early December, the Islanders were actually doing pretty well. And Letty was like 
kind of getting some Norris Trophy kind of buzz, and most of it from Doug Waite, who was his coach at the time. But still, like he had played really, really well. And once Johnny Boychuk went got hurt, I don't even know if they were a pair at the time. The wheels just came off, and he's really struggled on both ends of the ice. And that's the that's the worst part of it is that you know he's an offensive guy, and you know sometimes you go through streaks where you just don't score, and it's okay. It just happens. But now, not only is he not scoring, I think he's got one point this season, and it came in on the opening night. But his defense has been really awful, and like every Islander has worse numbers shot suppression wise with him on the ice with them than they do without him and he's actively harming them on both ends of the ice they really can't find a partner with him that sticks uh you know boy chuck is healthy they should just put the two of them together i guess but i don't know what it is i don't know if it's because he, he made they made him shave his beard or what but i mean this again these go back to last season so it's possible that you know maybe there's just something in there but it's really it's really sad to watch and Basically, Letty is their best defenseman, along with Ryan Pollock. One of those two guys is their best defenseman, and neither of them have really done much so far in this season, and it's it's really hurt them. And you know, this is already a team with a very very thin margin of error. And when your two best defensemen aren't going to play very well, your margin of error is going to go poof just like that. So yeah, it's been. If I had an answer for you, I'd love to give it to you, but I don't. But uh, I didn't even know Provorov was having those kinds of problems. But it feels it makes me feel good to know that you're kind of feeling the same thing. Yeah, it's flyers are um I don't know if you've noticed, but they're they're kind of a mess right now. So a little bit. <laughs> um yeah, it's we're we're kind of in the same position at the moment. Maybe a little bit different, but at the moment, same exact thing. Yeah. And I'm choosing to blame the beard thing because it is the <laughs> stupidest thing in the whole entire world that yeah. that stupid old man doesn't let grow up hair. Like yeah. Honestly. It's uh, it's a little stupid. Dominic, our editor and founder, he he's written some things about how stupid it is. It is incredibly stupid, uh, especially when you have such a gl- as glorious a beard as Nicoletti. Right. Why you would make the man shave it off? I don't understand. Cut that Martin hair, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you know, it's also the kind of thing that, like is is a big deal when they stink. <laughs> but yeah. like if they were winning, nobody would really care. So that's true. Uh, you know, it it is again. It's it's a loo thing. We all knew it, and you know, Cal Clutterbuck showed up at a an off season golf tournament already shaved, and like, what? What are you getting ready for, Louis? Like, yeah, I heard the story, so I decided to shave it off right away. That is the biggest loss, Cal Clutterbuck's mustache. That's the yeah. biggest offense yeah. of Lamorello's career because that thing was majestic. Yeah, yeah. they had a great they, they had a great they had a great period of the Islanders. Long hair, beards. It was awesome. It was great. You know, they had fun. They weren't very good, but they were a good team. They're kind of shaggy looking, and you know, they had a coach that kind of resembled Fred Flintstone a little bit. It was a fun time, but those days are over now. All right. Back to the serious stuff. (laughs) Okay. So obviously it's a bit of a transitional time for the Islanders. You guys got the stuff going on with the building, brand new coach, new GM. You lost maybe one or two key players. I don't know. Um, But what do you think is the best path for because I personally and I might be in the minority here but I don't like seeing like a a team with like a storied history like the Islanders struggle it bothers me I think it's better for hockey when teams like the Islanders are good so I personally would like to see them come back up into at least a competitive team (laughs) Um, what do you think is the best path forward for them do you think that they need to like do the lose for Hughes thing this year and see what happens or do you think there's another way they can go about this well, f- well, first of all, thank you for your kindness. I really appreciate that. Most people would be like, F the Islanders. Like, I could care less if they <laughs> cease to exist tomorrow. 
Um, again, that, that's another, that's a question I feel like has been, has been asked for half my life, if not more. Like, it's yeah. just, there's, you know, what the path forward for them is. The building is huge. Um, a lot of people don't quite know the ins and outs, but uh, they have basically a, uh, an agreement from the state to build an arena at Belmont Park. They're waiting on the environmental study, um, which should be done, I guess, December. So John Ledecky, the co-owner, says that they can, they are expecting to be start building probably in May, maybe March, maybe we'll see around there. So it's close. This is as close as it's ever been. And, you know, the day that building is done, I'll be very, very happy that I can just walk into a building and be like, oh, even though it's, I live in New Jersey, it's in Nassau County, it's a whole thing, but I'll be happy when it's done. Um, this is not, you know, you don't hire Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz to like tank a season. Yeah. So, you know, and Lou has said like, you know, this, that's not the plan. However, as you guys know, you don't necessarily have to finish dead last to get a pretty high draft pick. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that it's not a lose for Hughes season or perhaps a throwaway season. That's kind of the scuttlebutt among a lot of Islanders fans on Twitter. Like this is kind of a lost season anyway you know, just get used to who's on the roster, kind of see what's going, where things are going. Hey, if you, if you make hay and you make the playoffs or something by accident, great. If you don't, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Um, but it's definitely not an outright tanking season because, again, those guys, they don't do that sort of thing. But um, that would be great. Like you mentioned before, I didn't even talk about them. Wallstrom, Dobson, uh, Kiefer Bellows, um, yeah. Bodie Wild, who was drafted this year. Those are all really intriguing players that the Islanders have in their, in their prospect line. So as my friend put it on our podcast, if you have optimism for this team, it's not this year. It's yeah. for next year. The problem is, you know, kind of gets old after a while. And, and you know, the, the last rebuild came and we were all for it. And now it's over, essentially. So yeah. now we have to rebuild the rebuild. And, you know, kind of have to recalibrate your brain for that. So it's, you know, if they get fused, great. If they don't, hey, you know what, maybe not, it's not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of feeling out going on and, you know, it's, it's, I'm okay with them losing, but yeah. it, it is going to suck. Though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not fun while it's happening, but no, <laughs> you know, if you can like see something on the horizon, it's good. Um, yeah. Yeah, not to yeah. break flyers too soon, but like we thought we could see some stuff on the horizon. Now it's like, the horizon keeps like moving further, further. No, no, that's that's exactly what happened to the Islanders. Like they were, you know, for, for a season they looked like the next big thing, and then they just went to the off season of 2015. They were moving into a new building, and they just didn't do anything to augment the roster. And the next season they won a playoff round, but the team was appreciably worse. Yeah. And the next season they missed the playoffs. The next season they missed the playoffs, and now the whole thing is falling apart. So yeah, that horizon, that that promised land, can come and go in a heartbeat. And it's gone. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, but this kid in the AHL or this kid at BU is really good. It's like, yeah, it's not really, you know, you think, oh, that sucks. I really don't want to do this anymore. But. Yeah. But we keep doing it because we're <laughs> we <crazy. do. laughs> like, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. So speaking of, um, you know, like when you see a friend who got dumped in a really dramatic way for the first time after a while, and it's like sort of awkward because you want to ask how they're doing, but also you don't want to make it weird. Yes. So how is, uh, how's things without John? <laughs> um, well, that's a long story. Uh, for me personally, things have been totally fine, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I've basically removed myself from hockey Twitter I canceled my Game Center Live account. 
I pretty much have totally not read Sportsnet, TSN, ESPN. Uh, I have cocooned myself and sequestered myself into a little bubble where I don't have to worry about this stuff um, because I already know the way it's going to go. Like I already know that, you know, he'll be feted and, and celebrated and like basically his time with the Islanders will be erased for the most part. Um, and he, and it's funny cause your, your relationship, uh, metaphor is completely apt because he's been giving Islanders fans. It's the, it's not you, it's me routine the whole time. And you know, he's been talking about how much, how hard it was to leave and he's getting all emotional and how much he loved the place and he grew up there. But, and we're all like, please don't, yeah. don't do this. You know, please, yeah, uh, <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't help when he does that. He thinks it helps, but it really doesn't. Yeah. Um, his return game has been moved from Barclays Center to Nassau Coliseum. Oh. Uh, so that'll be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, they had a flex game in there and they chose to flex this game of all games, which, you know, I'm sure was not a coincidence, but no. it's been flexed anyway. And, um, you know, it's just tough. It's uh, like I said, the, the worst part is knowing that this rebuild that you've invested yourself in for this era, even just that you've invested yourself in so much is now over and yeah. you have to recalibrate everything you know about this team. That's the worst part. And, you know, he's going to go on and, and I'm sure he'll be, again, celebrated as a homecoming hero. And it'll be, you know, the NHL is finally going to use him in some advertising and you'll see him on NBCSN, stuff that never would have happened had he been an Islander, stuff that's not going to happen to Matt Barzell. Certainly not this season, maybe not ever. So uh, it's it's been kind of tough. And I wrote uh, a couple of encyclopedias for Lighthouse Hockey that took two years of my life following this story and it's the one of the worst decisions I've ever made and uh I'm just sick of the whole thing and I really just want <laughs> I wish it could go away which is why I've created this cocoon for myself that hopefully I, and I've only watched Islanders games I haven't watched anybody else just Islanders games so I'm uh, very sorry I brought it up no no it's okay it's my own I've made these choices for myself for my own mental health I need to do it like this is why I've stepped away from hockey twitter because if I had to live this every single day of my life I don't know what I've done how Oilers fans do it I don't know how every single day yeah. they do this, I don't get it. I like have a lot of respect for this idea of removing yourself from the <laughs> universe because honestly, it is just like a never-ending, everyone's just yelling at each other yeah. and into a void about everything at all times, and it's incredibly yes. stressful. It is, <laughs> it is. It's a cacophony of noise, and it's just, it's not fun. And at some point, I realized... It, again, you know, writing all these encyclopedia entries over the course of two years, I realized at some point that I just hadn't watched the Islanders play. Like, I just never watched them play. I never enjoyed a game because everything was so monumental and such a huge, you know, how is this going to affect everything that it became a drain? And as much as they suck now <laughs> and probably will suck this season, um, I just want to watch them play again. And just yeah. kind of be like, yeah, all right, that happened. And then turn the TV off and go, I don't know, to sleep or watch TV or something like that, you know, like a normal person, not like a crazy person. Like we normally are. You're putting ideas into my head because I've been saying a lot recently that like Flyers games are starting to feel like a job and they never yeah. felt like that before. And yeah. I don't want them to because they used no. to be my favorite thing. Yeah, no, but I hear you. I hear you. And that's, you know, it's funny that the Islanders, the most fun I had watching the Islanders was when they were not good, but it was the early era Tavares, Oposo, Nielsen, Molson, Parento, you know, Martin, the whole thing. And they weren't very good, but, you know, boy, they really tried. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, you really wanted to like them and you wanted other people to like them. Mm -hmm. um, and that was fun. And yeah, then sometime after that, it became unfun. 
And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? So life is too short for this. I can't take it anymore. You're absolutely right about that. <laughs> but okay, so let's move on to the fun, the more fun stuff. Yes. <laughs> so one thing that I always like to ask people because I always find the answers interesting is for you to offer us up an under the radar player that Flyers fans might not even be thinking about, but that you might think would have an impact on the game tomorrow afternoon. I mean, is there a more under the radar team in all of North American sports than the New York Islanders? Isn't the the whole franchise under the radar? Like, I don't think the military has invented radar that can pick up the Islanders. Um, So you could pretty much say anybody. But uh, I do find it funny that Anders Lee was named captain uh, just before the season started. And he scored 40 goals last year. 30-something the year, the two years before that, and I don't think anybody outside of Islanders fans really even knows who he is. He's he's a guy who reminds me of, uh, like, old Flyers players like Tim Kerr or, uh, you know, Keith Primo, guys that just stand in front of the net and just score a ton of goals, and that's where he makes his money. So he's a guy – he hasn't really gotten off to a great season. Um, I mean, the whole team really hasn't. They kind of start and stop, but he's a guy who I think is incredibly under the radar. For a team captain, he's definitely under the radar, and – you know, he's a guy that people look up in the books and they're like, he scored 40 goals last year. How did that happen? Well, yeah. he's really good. <laughs> and he's built like a truck and, and, you know, he went to Notre Dame and he's all, he's very like, you know, matinee idol looking. So I would definitely say Andersley is the one guy. And I mean, everybody else has been on this team for a long time. So yeah. chances are Flyers fans know who they are for the most part, but he's, and they haven't called anybody up from Bridgeport. Okay. So I would definitely say Lee is, is the guy. Cool. Any Flyers that you like watching when our teams meet up? You know, it's funny. I've always enjoyed watching the Flyers, which for like a certain segment of Islanders fans is like blasphemy, you know, going back to the 70s. You can't say that. But uh, I've always found them fun. Um, Love Giroux, love Simmons, the usual guys. Um, You know, I enjoy watching old friend Andrew McDonald ply his trade for somebody who's not the Islanders. Yeah, thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Notice he came back last night. So there you go. Um, You know, yeah. His body was on the ice at points, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, never not noticeable, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, again, he's such a nice guy. And, and you know, I, I wish things had worked out differently. But uh, I'm glad the Islanders didn't sign him <laughs> to a contract when they could have. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's the Flyers, to me, it's funny. You know, I, I don't know if you guys ever think about this stuff. But, like, as an, as an Islanders fan, Charles Wong just passed away, who, who owned the team for a long time. And, I mean, basically, to make a long story short, he, he bought the team when nobody wanted it and for the most part kept it on Long Island despite overwhelming <laughs> obstacles and reasons to move. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's always rough. Like, you know, you wake up one day and there were a long time. I didn't know this team was still going to be here. And I don't know if you guys take it for granted or maybe don't think about this. Nobody's moving the Philadelphia Flyers. They are an institution. They aren't going anywhere. So even in a season that's not great and the coach is driving you crazy and these this guy's off to a bad season and oh no the goalie stinks again all of those are pretty you know those are problems but at least you guys have a team that is definitely stable definitely not going anywhere definitely you know never going to have a like a bad uniform <laughs> or a strange logo or you know weird stuff happening all the time they're just they're very very stable they're always there and uh, i respect that about them a lot you seem to have forgotten the 2005 2005- alternate jersey that featured that horrific 3d logo <laughs> oh it was the silver one the one with like yeah. the silver highlights all right that one was pretty bad yeah you know you're right you're right that was all right that's fine but i mean that's nothing compared to certain the fisherman, fisherman logo <laughs> it's like or, 
yeah. Or uh, a black jersey with like Islanders across the front and a number on the stomach, which is like oh, a cross jersey. They were terrible. Um, <laughs> the, the black ones I thought were okay, but and people liked them, but I mean, outside of Islanders world, they were not. They were not going to fly. So yeah, yeah, but again, like that's that's kind of like small potatoes compared to you know. Oh God, I woke up and the team is moving now. Or the team has no place to play. Now they're playing in two buildings, neither of which is you know built for hockey. So um, you know all that stuff you uh, you should enjoy. You should appreciate it, even when they're driving you crazy. You're putting a lot of stuff in perspective tonight, Dan. <laughs> and I really appreciate it. I needed this. It's like a no little problem. side the head. It's good stuff. It's the least I can do for my second my favorite. Islander, my second favorite blog on SB Nation. My favorite non-Islanders blog on SB I'll Nation. I'll take it. You guys do a great job. I read it all the time. It's great. Oh, thank you. No and I was going to say this at the end, but I'll say it now. I'm going to keep it on the record. Your satire pieces on Lighthouse Hockey have always been some of my favorite things on SB Nation ever, ever, ever. They're so good. Thank and you. hilariously funny. Thank if you. you don't know who, if you guys don't know who Dan is, I would highly suggest... You hop into the Lighthouse Hockey archives, read his hilarious satire pieces. You will not regret this, I assure you. They're very Thank you very much. I appreciate that. At, at some point, it stopped being funny. Uh, but yeah. I, I did enjoy writing them and uh, had some fun with the Flyers over the course of the year. So there's a couple in there going back to the uh, LaViolette era. <laughs> so it's been a while. But, uh, but thank you. I appreciate that. I always, I always enjoy doing them. But at some point, like, like we said, you know, it became, it yep. changed. The tenor changed. And look at things a little bit differently so uh maybe i'll write some more i don't know we'll see there's always a chance yeah all right so the final thing i'm gonna ask you is to make a bold shot in the dark prediction for how this game is going to end up i i would never choose the islanders to win any game so i'm never going to say that i think they're going to win the funny <laughs> thing is with how bad the flyers have been playing lately it's it'll be shocking that there'll be any winner in this game because they're both <laughs> i mean this might be the first time we've had since 2005 or whatever it is, but uh, I, I have no idea. Weird, so, something weird is going to happen. Some guy who hasn't scored all season is going to score. Let's put it that way. And it'll be the winning goal. It'll probably end up being like a one nothing game either side. And like the one goal is going to be like a weird, like deflected three times garbage goal. Nobody saw it coming. Yeah. It's, I don't know what's going to happen. It's I'm, I think a shootout is highly likely. And yeah, some kind of bizarre, you know, move like the goalie will make a save, but it'll back in off his ankles or something like that. Like, you know, yeah. like, oh, come on, really? And then it's a three-point game, and then everybody's all mad because everybody got. I mean, I, I have been saying that I think the Flyers are going to win this game only because it's it's going to be Michael Neuvert's return to the yeah. net. Right. And so I could totally see him just like pitching a ridiculous shutout and right. somehow being heralded as some kind of savior for the flyer season and then all of that going terribly wrong so. right he'll get hurt or whatever i could totally say i mean i'm sure islanders fans are like are gonna say the same thing like oh this guy's coming back from injury he's totally gonna make us he's gonna <laughs> shut up shut him out um like what was the other thing i was just thinking of yeah it's it's all kinds of stuff like that that are gonna happen for sure um you know again whoever's whoever's, whoever's not scored for the flyers yet whoever just got called up from lehigh valley he's gonna score uh, maybe Andrew McDonald scores. You never know. But then again, all of that works the opposite way too. I mean, oh, Anthony oh, is waiting for a goal this year. He could probably score a hat trick against the Flyers. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, would be, it would definitely be something. Hopefully, Michael Norbert doesn't get hurt. Don't want to see that happen. But at least not in this game. I mean, honestly, it's like a 50-50 shot. Flip a coin. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Game. Um, oh, and the other thing giving the Flyers an advantage is that it's a, a matinee at home. And that's, I mean, I know they're just traveling from Long Island to Philly, but 
that's a, the kiss of death right there. So you always have to give the home team an advantage in that situation. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Dan, for joining me. I'm sure that we are in for quite an NHL hockey match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Anytime. You're welcome. Let's go Flyers. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>